So in the name of Jesus Christ and in the spirit of his loving and caring church and on behalf of all of Marion Methodists, I welcome you here to this worship and I welcome those of you that are worshiping as the congregation online. Uh, we are a church that uh, stands on the scriptures, the Old and New Testament. We seek to do all of our teaching from them. And here is the word of God for us today. In tune your hearts and your ears to the words of Paul the Apostle, Romans chapter 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Let love, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. We ask God's blessing on that reading, and I ask you to join with me in praying not only for me, but in the words that will be delivered to you as your sermon today. Let us pray. Uh, God, you are the one and only, so let none of us think that we are. You are the God above all other things. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You're the King of Kings. You are the joy and creation of heaven and all of earth. We ask, Lord, in your name that you might empower, that you might inspire the one who's coming to speak today. Let him call without fear the truth of your scriptures to those that are gathered here and those that are part of the congregation worshiping not in this location, but worshiping you, our very same God. Let us let those words call them to greater Christian servitude. Let them understand and let us understand that to be obedient to you, we serve people in your holy name. God, inspire these words, help for these next minutes, our hearts to be ready to receive them. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, if, if you didn't notice from some of the announcements, we have become, again, one of the eatinest churches around. So, yeah, we had a big handball dinner yesterday. It was wonderful to see that center out there filled uh, with stuff. And we had our Women's Harvest Bazaar uh, market. And then, of course, we had an activity with our youth. And by the way, if you, brought, if you bought a basket from the youth, they'll be out there after church today for you to pick up. Um, and then... Next week, when you come, come a few minutes early to have that giant breakfast that the men put on. And of course, in two weeks' time, we'll have, or three weeks' time, we're going to have the Holy Smoked Barbecue. You need to purchase those tickets ahead of time, and all proceeds go to very great things.
Also want to remind you, uh, you saw on the video that um, we are having the Wesleyan Covenant Association give their presentation. And I will clearly say to you, and you need to understand and hear this, that this is one side of the way that we might move forward as a denomination. And I'd encourage you to come and spend that time. And then later, probably after the first of the year, now it looks like from uh, the organization that I've been talking to, um, probably the other side will be pre presented here in the same space. So um, kind of nice to give them their own time. Um, you won't agree with everything that's said at either one of them, but we hope that you'll come to both. Uh, come along. And, and by the way, since I'm the host pastor, it will start at 3.30 and it will end at 5.30. I'm the timekeeper, so come on back. There was a little boy. Um, you know, he's like six, seven years old. He was just learning to read. He, he had some reading skills, and uh, he was standing in the, uh, the, the, the room just outside the sanctuary at the church he and his family to, were to attend. And he's looking intently at this plaque that says, died in service. And there were some men's names. And of course, we know they were commemorating their service to our country but he looked at that and he was quite quite concerned and his face showed that and the pastor walked over to her to him and said to her said to him um what what do you see what what's troubling you he says well i'm kind of nervous and she said why he says because they died in the service and i just want to know which one 8 15 or 10 15 All right, come along with me. You're going to have a part in this service in a few minutes. Um, I say that to remind you that sitting is not service. Sitting is not service. We can't stand up and follow Jesus when we're in a seated position. On your way in, you were handed the fifth of our five cards, the service card. And on that, you see the words are, join God in building up others. That is part of one of our marks of disciples. It's part of our membership vow in the United Methodist Church, and we are to join God in building up others because obedience to Christ cannot be separated from Christian service. You can't pull the two apart. They are joined together. Christianity is not an exercise in consumerism. I fear this because I know that many North American church goers talk about what they get out of the service and i can tell you that myself and every other pastor that's ever led lived has had someone come up to me and come up to us maybe more than a hundred times and saying well i'm just not getting anything out of church i'm not i'm not i'm not getting anything out of it, it and and this is by the way problematic this is and by the way mostly a north american problem i'm not getting anything out of church look at what my friend elmer collier uh, uh, professor down the road at the University of Dubuque says it's important to understand that the church of Jesus is not seen as a dispenser of religious goods and services but rather a training ground for Christian disciples it's when we come here that we learn how to go out there and live and that we become greater disciples better disciples by the training we receive here and this perspective now what Dr. Collier says this perspective is transformative because we, we think that, that worship is not about what I get out of it. The role of the church in Christianity is focused on what I can put of myself into it. What, what of myself can I put towards the service of Christ? What of myself can I put towards the service of the church? What of myself can I put to the service of other of God's children? Th that's it. One of our church members is, is quoted saying, God calls us to Christian service. 
His name's Kurt Liscombe. <clears throat> and frankly, I, I don't need to quote Kurt. Um, take a look at his own testimony. Early on, I learned that Christian service was about people, not projects. Whether you're building things, fixing things, making sandwiches, delivering meals, praying, or teaching Sunday school class, Christian service is about showing God's love and the compassion that Jesus had for others around us. God calls us to Christian service. My relationship with God has increased through Christian service. Christian service has allowed me to not only use my God-given talents to help other people, but it has also allowed me to crawl out of my comfort zone and understand that God does not call the qualified, but qualifies the called. Christian service has allowed me to not focus on my own desires or my own pride or my own ingratitude, but has allowed me to, to meet the needs and help others in our community, the church, my neighborhood, the nation, and around the world. Christian service has taught me that God can do wonderful things through other cultures and other languages. If you're willing to be called and will listen to God, I'm sure he has a service for your unique talents. Kurt said at the outset of that, Christian service is about people, not projects. Now, there's lots of projects to do in service. And, and, and by the way, I've served alongside Kurt uh, with projects in Haiti. We've taught Bible school there. We've built a school there. We've gone door-to-door -door in evangelism there. In 2009, when we were doing a lot of the flood recovery from the previous year, Kurt, Kurt took half a year off of his job to help facilitate volunteer teams coming in from Texas and Ohio and other, other places. Today he's in the Honeydew team, so he, he shows up all over our community helping folks out. I know he, I know he works with our 412 people. And though, though I know that he would uh, want me to make sure you understand he, he's a guy, not a saint, it, it's because of Christ he does these things, and he would say it's all about people. It's all about loving people. It's all about helping people have a better life because people matter to God. You see, service has its origin in God. If you look at the scriptures, and I do, it starts with the very fact that God the Almighty serves. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God serves us, humanity. I mean, he was so in love with, cre with creation that, that he made the earth. He creates everything and then sets it free and hands it over to us. He, he literally just gives it to us. Now, we also know the rest of the creation story, that our activity, that is to say, that, that our brokenness, our, our sinful nature, disrupts the Creator's original intentions. And so God, not us, redeems it all through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ serves us too. Look at his own words in Matthew, Matthew chapter 20. 
even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Understand that the world defines greatness. I mean, you're really great in the world, in, in the terms of the world, if you have power and prestige and possessions and, and position. You, it, it is said about men and women that she or he built a huge empire with their own hands built a huge empire with their own hands because they have power and prestige and lots of position and, and, and possessions. And many in our world, and some of us as the church online, some of us here believe you're great if you can demand that other people serve you. Oh, we all love to go someplace where people will bring us drinks or bring us our, our meal. I even love it when I come into my bedroom and my laundry's done. We love it. I know when people serve us, but we are not great. That's not what makes us great. Jesus measures greatness not in terms of status, but in terms of service. In fact, it's a mark of discipleship. It's quantifiable if you're serving other human beings because of what God does in your life. Followers of Jesus serve. Jesus says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant right there in the 10th chapter of Mark. So God creates, redeems, and an important part of God's plan, important part of God's plan for sustaining the world is His people serve others. We care enough for others. We care enough for organizations that we serve others. As a matter of fact, as, as we say, and you have that on your card, what makes you great is when you build up others. And we all know a lot of people, or at least know of some people, that of them it can be said they built an empire with their own two hands. They built it up. But the ladies and gentlemen that you really appreciate in your life are the ones that have built you up, that have helped you become who it is that you are today or who you're becoming. And, and, and a great part of Christian discipleship is helping God build others up God determines your greatness by who you serve not by how many serve you Christian service is about showing compassion showing lo God's love and, and compassion that Jesus had for the world around us Kurt said that in the video you saw a few moments ago see Jesus life his entire life is recorded as one of service he, he's, he, he sees the blind, he gives them sight. He sees the mute, he gives them speech. <coughs> he sees the lame, he gives them the ability to, to, to be mobile. He still storms and walks on waters to calm the disciples' fears so they might understand that he truly is the King of kings and the Lord of all. He endured breeding, beautiful, brutal beatings. He endured horrible humiliation. And of course, the cruel death on a cross. All the time asking not that he be glorified all the time serving asking that those who are oppressing him would be forgiven those who would follow Christ serve he does all of that to serve us we learn from Jesus that service begins in the orientation of our human heart which which way is our heart oriented which way is it pointed our discipleship literally explodes when our hearts become oriented towards serving other people. Now, don't miss this. Service begins with the eyes of our heart. 
it begins with seeing what God has given us talents, gifts, and abilities, and how it can benefit the world community and the others around us. The scripture I read a few moments ago, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. That's the New International Translation. And the Bible that I devote from at home, the, the Bible that I read at home, it has a little bit different verbiage for the same point. It says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. We all have ability. Now, one of the things that Paul does in this scripture, he says, he gives us the scriptural image of the body and basically tells us that every part is important. You know, you need eyes to see where to go. You need the nose to smell the beautiful handballs of the UMW. You need feet to take you to the kitchen. You, you need, I mean, like, let's be honest with you. If your arms and feet decide to go different ways at the end of this service, you have a problem. I guarantee you, we'd scrape you up off the floor, but you've got a problem, right? The body all has many members, and they all work together to cause your life, your body, to go a certain way. The gifts that your body has, whether it's grabbing things or moving your legs or smelling or seeing or hearing things, are meant to be used. These are gifts we have. Every gift that's ever been given you is meant to be used for the purpose in which it was given. Let me show you a picture. You have one of these? You have an expensive coat hanger? A drying rack? You know, probably that was a Christmas present to somebody one day. I want a treadmill really bad. And yet, it's just become a place to dry clothes. That's not what that gift was supposed to be for, right? That gift was supposed to be to improve someone's health. It's not being used appropriately. Let me show you another picture. That's not what that was meant for either, right? Who turns a car into a planter? Well, the answer is the guy that likes pink or whatever color that is. But that's not what its purpose was. A car is meant to motate and, and, and to take us from one place to another. And the same is true of the gifts that God has given you. Our gifts are to be used for their God-given purpose, and they do have one. If it says in the scriptures, if your gift is this, then do that. If your gift is that, then do that. Whatever it is, if your gift is that, and maybe you say, well, I don't have that many gifts, then you have to say, what do I do well? And that might be your gift. Because I think sometimes we want our gifts to be profound, but sometimes our gift is really seeing a need in our neighborhood and walking towards it. That neighbor that needs somebody to talk to them that person that needs a few blocks put back on the retaining wall. Sometimes it's that friend you haven't seen for a long time because thoughtfulness is a gift. And by the way, not everybody has it. But the scriptures say, if you have the gift, then use it. You can do stuff I cannot. I have ability to do things some of you do not. And both of those are to be used for the kingdom of God. And if we all work... That's a lot of people getting helped for the glory of God. We say in our membership vows, and we just had eight folks join the church last week. A few of them were here earlier this morning. Uh, the balance of them are mostly here right now. And the last membership vow when you join Marion Methodist or any United Methodist Church goes like this. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your witness, your gifts, and your service. 
the service is a mark of our discipleship. Faithfully participating in Christ's holy church means serving God through our service to others. Serving God is our motivation. That's what we're supposed to do. Now I'm going to ask the guys in the back to put up another picture. Take a look at this picture. Now before, before I tell you what, what we're going to do here, you're, I'm going to give you a little space. So your job is to think of a caption for this picture. And a couple of you are going to yell them out, and I'm going to try to hear them and share them back with you. But while you're thinking of that, I want to take a minute and, and tell, tell you about um, one of the ministries in our church. Um, we have a lot of men and women that serve in our technology ministry back there in that booth. Um, our minister of technology and, and, and uh, youth, Kelsey Drews, has been on maternity leave for these last eight weeks. And we have had fantastic worship led by volunteers, by the three directors and all those that come. So I want you to just give them a hand because that's like phenomenal work. Yay. Because when, first of all, they have to navigate me and Simon and I's preaching. But secondly, when you only have one songbook, it's important we're on the same page, right? And they've done a great job of that. Okay, captions. I'm going to take one from this side. Anybody got a good caption for this picture? Joy. All right, I love that. Anybody got a good caption for this picture? What? Bodiful? Oh, I got it. What were you going to say? Excited. Anybody way over here? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All those work. Bodiful, I guess. Excited, joy, Merry Christmas. Here's what it says, where that comes from. Look, Daddy, I'm a present. Look, Daddy, I'm a present. You know, the scriptures call us to the same thing today. To present ourselves to God. To be a present to God and to the world community. To use what you have. So she's got cuteness, joy, and happiness, apparently. To use what you have to joyfully serve God. Gladly, with wonderful hearts, and with great confidence that what you're doing for other people is really useful. It's important for us to serve. You know, right now, um, you know, we're, we're edging towards, I, I don't want to say it, but it is getting colder. And we're edging towards the W word, which I detest. But it does mean in my house that one of our cars needs new tires. So I've been to a couple of tire places shopping for tires. And I don't know if it's just my motorhead pass, but I love that tire store smell, you know? You smell that rubber, and you go over there on the thing, and there's all this, these tires, and they got the little thing sticking out of them. They haven't been used, and, and you look at the tread, and I don't know anything about it, but, it, you know, it looks like it'll grip the road like a tiger paw, you know? But I need new tires, and, and everybody, you know, the wonderful thing about Cedar Rapids Marion is that the people that sell tires really work hard at it so as far as i'm concerned so far uh, goodyear firestone and continental have the best tires ever according to their salespeople, right and i should buy one but here's what i know for sure is when they're on that wall with that cool little plastic you know hubcap that looks like a spinner wheel or something on them they're really not that useful them looking good not that useful they only have any use when they get put on my car and they make me motate and they keep Teresa safe on icy or snowy 
roads. Disciples were the same. We might look really pretty right now because we're dressed up and we've shown up for church and we're only useful when the rubber of our life hits the road of the world in which we live. Last week when I was talking about witness, I said we have to live our talk. We have to walk our talk and, and we have to talk our talk. Now today I tell you the same. We have to walk our talk. We have to walk the truth of the gospel. We have to walk the ministry of service. Now, I'm very pragmatic. And so you might ask yourself, how specifically might I offer my Christian service? Now, in, in the church here, we have what's called a church app, and I'm going to have them bring it up. <clears throat> we have a church app, and I'm going to show you how, through this, how to get on the church app. You can do this online too, but the first thing to do is if you want to get involved, you open the church app and you saw it said get involved and you click on it. And then the servant ministry interest form comes up and you can kind of take a look over the all 100 ministries that we have in the church that serve others at some way or another fall underneath those things. And so you can take a look at them and, and kind of view and say, where does God want to use me the most? And then you go back to the top and yes, you have to claim it. So you fill your name in and mine hopefully will get itself typed in correctly. Yep, I spelled everything right. Okay. Once you give that in, then we're, uh, how do we get a hold of you? So you type in your, your address you know, unless you'd prefer us to text message you or something like that. And then once you put your, your <coughs> email address in, then you go back to the list and say, where do I feel called? Well, obviously, those of you that know me and if you saw the choir today, you would say, well, they were all dressed like Pastor Mike, so maybe he should join the church choir. Now, in reality, um, our director, Gina, said, if we need somebody to step on a cat, we'll get a cat. So they didn't pick me. But, you know, I'm a happy guy, so maybe I could join the Connections team and get the training of the Connections team and welcome people in. And I know that I have some technology, so maybe I'd choose the technology ministry. And, of course, since I'm a man, I, I could definitely pick the United Methodist men. Then you hit Submit, and it goes into the clearinghouse. And within a week's time, whoever is in charge of those ministries, whether it's someone on our staff or not, <coughs> will email you back or reach out to you in whatever place plan you wanted for us to reach you and we'll say hey can you come maybe you have to get trained for that ministry maybe you have some questions about it but we'd really love to have you serve within it so if you're if you're a, you know an ipad or a or, or a you know a cell phone kind of person you don't even have to use the phone app on it if you don't want you can go right onto the church app or if you're uh, online at home you can go into your computer uh, get to marionmethodist.org same thing or or, I want to tell you this just so you know, you can walk up to anybody on the staff and say, hey, I'd like to help in this area. And lo and behold, we'd have a spot for you. But be fearless. <coughs> Present yourself for a ministry of God. Make yourself a present to God and to the world community. So this week in your growth challenge, when you, when you go home, when you, or if you're in your growth group, the challenge is to find a way to serve someone or to serve the church for two hours this week and of course i'd say and then do it again next week but intentionally look to see where your gifts are needed because i'll tell you this the needs are all around you see it with the eyes of your heart and walk towards it and walk towards it let's let's go let's go